Blog Talk Radio. Jerusalem,
myself and the Zenus uh, president, Mr. Fred Kazamba, I want to give him a huge shout out for giving me this platform. Um, when he first came to me and said, had this idea, I said, you know, if we're going to do a radio show, I would really like to really acknowledge all the Zambians doing amazing things in America. You know, we come to these communities and we hear about all the trying times that we're having in the community. But what I wanted to do was really highlight what is happening in the community here in America, but also the great Zambians, Zambians that are doing amazing things back home, which is very important because we can never forget where we came from. So, Pastor Sam, I, I want to really uh, first, my first question for you is what inspired you? Uh, actually, Pastor Sam, just for the audience, if you could just explain a little bit what Operation iDream is for those that don't know. Thank you, Jimmy, for um, uh, having me again on the show. I really appreciate and thank you for those kind words. Um, uh, I do appreciate you in my life. Uh, you know, the more you help and mentor people, the more you get to learn more about yourself and make the necessary tricks as we go along. And uh, Operation I Dream, and again, it's going to unfold as we go along, but we are a nonprofit based here in uh, Sacramento, California, with the missions in Zambia, uh, primarily and focused in ensuring that our children are in a better place, uh, on the better uh, path uh, uh, to fulfilling their visions and goals. So we are child-focused, and um, that's what we do. Anything about a child, we throw our resources to that. So Operation I Dream is all about empowering the welfare of the child, and that is defined in so many ways, which we're going to be digging into on your show, Jimbe, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. Thank you. Thank you for giving us a little bit of a, uh, you know, a highlight of what is done at Operation iDream. And, you know, I, I love when you and your wife, because I have met with you guys multiple times, and, you know, whether it was for a business meeting, whether it was just casually having food over you guys' house, and I love you guys' story. And I, as we get deep into our conversation, I know we only have an hour today, but hopefully we can get a little bit of, of that in our interview today. So my first question to you, Pastor Sam, is what made you or what inspired you to start a foundation in Zambia? Wonderful, wonderful. What uh, inspired me to start a foundation in Zambia? Well, um, first and foremost, um, you know, I grew up in Zambia as a privileged young boy. You know, uh, my dad had everything that we needed. We had books, pens, pencils, everything that we needed. And uh, uh, our life would, would not make the postcard of uh, save the children or feed the children because we had everything that we needed. But at mm. the same time, at the same time, uh, you're sitting in classroom in grade one, grade two, grade three, uh, with these young boys and girls coming from uh, the compound, very poor background. Uh, you could tell from the way they dress, uh, you know, the, the, the smell smoke because they were trying to keep themselves warm in the night and they'll be sleepy because they couldn't get enough sleep. And uh, as a young boy, you're looking at the disparities and the differences. You're looking nice and shiny, 
book bag, books, pens, everything, and they just barely had nothing. So as you go grow along with them, you begin to discover that they are poor, but they're smart. And then they lack resources. And they, they love the same thing that I loved. They wanted to have the same thing that I, I, I had. So you begin to look at the similarities. As a young boy, as a young girl, we just wanted to have fun, but you could see the differences. As you go into grade four, five, they disappear. They are no more because they can't afford school fees. They can't afford a uniform or shoes. My life, doors were open. I had the support. I had the mom. I had a friend. I had everything. For them, they had no advocacy. They had no one to defend them. So, sure, in my life, I began to uh, 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 begin to give answers to the questions that lingered in my heart. So it's been a journey of experience, a journey of seeing those uh, flickers of disparities. And then you get inspired to say, you know what? The only thing that was missing in their life is an environment that supports, gro- supports growth. Hence, right, uh, right begin to pursue that uh, 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 vision of making those resources available. So on the inspirational part, that's what really uh, got me uh, going and my wife uh, going in um, addressing some of those uh, disparities. Wow, that's actually, that's amazing because when I think of some of the conversations we've had and I talk about being inspired by you in some of the work that we have done as a family in Zambia, and I want to do more, right? But it's yeah. how do you structure it? And that's where, where I really love and enjoy listening to you, but also seeing the vision because there's really not, you're not just talking the talk. You walk the walk, right? Um, when yeah. I look at some of the conversations we had six months ago to now, one of my questions for you actually is where do you see the future of NGOs going in Zambia and how do we bridge those relationships between the United States and Zambia? I, w- I would really like for you to dig deep into that. Where do, we, where do I see uh, the NGOs in Zambia, the way forward? Uh, Jimbe, to be very honest with you, it's concerning. It's concerning mm. in the sense... Why is that? It's because... Yes, the intentions are good. Everybody that I've met who wants to start an NGO or is running an NGO, they mean well and their intentions are good. But the question is, just having the intentions is not enough. You know, it's not enough. You know, having a good idea is not enough. So for Zambia to move forward and make a lasting impact on the children and the poor uh, uh, communities is first, first, we need to know how to set uh, our dreams and vision. How do you set the structure? All right, you want to serve the children. How do you set the structure? And then how do you run it? What are the components of this structure? What are the moving components that needs to be moving every day to ensure that this vision is, is being carried? It's okay to have a, 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 a good idea and a vision. But the question is the drivers is important. I think, Jimbe, we are missing on the drivers of vision. 
vision of that. The one thing that I keep hearing people say, hey, Sam, I have a vision, but I don't have funding. Oh, I have vision, but I don't have funding. So we are focused on funding. But the question is, when funding comes, how do we drive that? Right. How do we drive that? So, uh, yes, uh, the future of, uh, if we speak right now, uh, I don't think um, uh, we, we, there are some things that we need to learn. Gotcha. So do you think yeah. of what are those fundamentals that need to be learned? Because I think for me, an issue for me is selfishly, it's easy for me to have a blueprint. Right, with you being right down the street from me, I can call and say, Hey, Pastor Sam, can we meet? I need to discuss this about an NGO I'm thinking about starting. Right, so from a visual, yeah. visual standpoint, what do you think needs to happen for those people that are inspired by some of your work to be able to start their non for profits as well? Is there anything that you're planning, maybe hosting a conference? I know 2020 was kind of hard to do with anything, but I, and I know in the past. You've done a few things in Zambia as far as hosting people to teach them how to start uh, non-for-profit. Could you speak on that a little bit? Well, um, yes, uh, Jimbe, we did uh, a conference, a seminar two years ago on how to set up and run an NGO. And in that uh, uh, seminar, we, we, we were hoping to set as many as possible to learn the components that runs an NGO using Operation I Dream as an example. So pretty much we were talking about ourselves and what we are running. So some of the components, uh, some of the components that run uh, an NGO is, uh, some of them are, are obvious. Uh, we need to um, uh, understand the processes. Uh, when you, I think the answer is understanding the processes and the systems that drive uh, your organization. For example, um, uh, we have great respect for people first because we believe people are the most, are the greatest resource an organization can ever have, the right people. That is resource number one, not the money, not the car, not the people. Because if you get the right people, the right people will handle other tangible resources well have respect for people because each and every person that you bring in in an organization come with certain skills uh properly harnessed they'll contribute to the betterment of the running of an organization don't hire just because they are available that's problem number one right there so uh respect people's positions as an organizational leader begin to see how you can enhance those responsibilities. And then secondly, understand who is in your rear. Uh, uh, one of the components that we, uh, we've put in place that we need to understand as an organization is that the person in front of you and the person in your rear are your most important. So in our organization, I have my wife who keeps us in check. You know, we respect right. her mm -hmm. responsibility she makes sure that the processes are running properly. When we debate to the right, to the right, she brings us together. No, 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 no. We gotta come here. All right. That is part of the structure, you know. And uh, the question is, who are you uh, uh, responsible? Who are you engaging with in your day-to-day -day running of an organization? So we have to acknowledge 
always acknowledge the people you are um, uh, engaging with on a daily basis uh, in your organization. For me, my wife first, and then the accountant, then the social worker, the administration. That's, those are the people in my rearview mirror and ahead of me. Better communication. Thank you for You that. know that, uh, Jimbe, very well. So better communication. Those are some of the components that we look at. But when you come to uh, organizations um, that I see, you know, we are focused on the money. But the question is, if you have the money in your hands and you have no regard for the person in your rearview mirror and in front of you, how they relate, how they contribute to the running of that money you have, uh, that's the, the beginning of problems. Yeah, thank you, uh, Pastor Sam. I, I really appreciate that. And structure is something that I always preach on. And uh, one of the things is, as you know, I'm very an, uh, I'm an ambitious entrepreneur and something that I enjoy. And one of the things that I, I'm always giving other young entrepreneurs advice on is, hey, how did you get started? What are you learning? Mm. How come you're not full-time with your entrepreneurship. And what mm. I always say is, hey, I'm, I'm learning how to be a functioning business, not just a seller, yep. but an actual business in the back end, mm-hmm. you know, back office. How well mm-hmm. are we organized? Because even something as simple as I know in Zambia, you know, as, as little as I've traveled home and been back, what I, I see a lot of companies lack is accountability, right? Somebody takes a 10-hour break and comes back. You know, those things you can't do where, where here in the Western world. Everything is so time and accountability. Mm-hmm. Yep. But nevertheless, I, I, there was one. Uh, we haven't got a, a big chance to talk about uh, to talk about your last visit to Zambia, which I'm very excited to hear about. I know you had an opportunity to host the First Lady. Um, I want to know how was that experience and how did the kids at the, at the orphanage feel about having the first lady come there and take a visit with them that day? So if you could just walk us through how that experience was. Awesome. Thanks, uh, Jimbe. Um, you know, um, it all comes down to creating an environment that supports growth. So when you look at the life of a child, children, not only do we inspire them to do something, do, not only do we teach them to, to teach them on skills, but again, we want to inspire them. We want them to open their vision, their faculties to understand where they're going. And those inspiration comes, to, comes in form of people, places, you know, and experiences. So um, we have to give them an experience uh, they can look to. It could be jumping on a castle, jumping castle or anything. It's an experience. So, uh, wow. The coming of the first lady, uh, way before she came, uh, we began to plant that seed in their mind to say, well, the, the wife of the president will be coming. So immediately, right. their little minds began to just go on overdrive. Man, the wife of the president is coming to Chief Mushili area? You know, they could not understand mm. it. The parents could not understand it. They could not just comprehend it that this big figure is she's coming into our community. So uh, I don't think it hit home until the, the military, the police, and the motorcade uh, drove in at I Dream. 
And uh, it, it, it got me, too, because, I mean, it just elevated us so much that the noise and the dust was just a combination of the excitement. You should have seen the excitement of, uh, of the children uh, 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 on, on their faces. I mean, the, when, when she walked in and the military, I mean, in the midst of all the military, when the door opened, the first thing, that, the, first, uh, the, the, first, uh, the first lady saw was our children, our 350 mm. students right in front of them. And she went right to them to talk to them and to address them. And they felt so special, so special. Wow. And she took the time to uh, talk to them, ask them questions. And as a matter of fact, she even taught a class uh, at iDream. So wow. what it did she was teach? an experience. If you don't mind, um, what, what did she, she teach, taught? if you don't mind sharing with us? Well, the first, the first subject she touched on was uh, uh, the usage, the, the words uh, letter C's and B's. And I remember there was another letter. It was a set of uh, words that begin with letter C. And then she went on to letter B. And then there was another letter. So she goes on and then she would have an interactive uh, with, uh, with the students where they would say a word and then she would ask them any other words that are not on the board that start with letter C. And then they would go on very interactive and uh, she would ask them questions about uh, mathematics. They did uh, uh, because they were the, the youngest. So it was one plus one, two plus two, things like that. But one of the most important thing beyond just the teaching was the, the way she was interacting uh, uh, with the students. Uh, using Bemba, Lamba, and English, that combination was uh, 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 in incredible, and uh, uh, they are inspired, they're excited. As a matter of fact, uh, they've been asking questions, you know, what does the first lady do, and uh, how can you, you know, those questions. Uh, so it was, an, it's, it was a moment for, for us as a, as a, as a staff and the, and the student, it was, uh, it was incredible. It was incredible. I know it was yeah. amazing for me because I remember when I first met you a couple of years ago when she visited the United States and you got an opportunity to go visit her in Los Angeles and make sure she was welcome here in the United States. I mean, shameless plug, I'm wondering, is there any plans of you and the uh, First Lady working together on another foundation or continuing uh, work at Operations Idrin? I would like to know, or if you'd like to make any announcements, you all. <laughs> there you go. All right. Okay. So this is what it is. Um, uh, my wife and I are leaders um, uh, for Operation I Dream with the vision and the goal. Uh, we have uh, 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 a mission of what we're doing. And uh, the Esther Lungu Foundation, they have goals and dreams on how they, they run their organization. But what brought us Together, it's because we identified similarities, similarities in, uh, uh, in vision and goal, and partly with the women, because you cannot reach a child without reaching the women of the community. So she was interested mm. in that component of uh, our, our vision. And then also uh, 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 intrigued with our approach with education and health, the cleaning component. So on those areas, we, behind the scene, we get to sit down and talk about, hey, instead of us doing things uh, independently, how could we 
uh, bring our forces uh, together in ensuring that whatever we touch, we have maximum impact. So, um, wow. beginning, you kind of uh, don't have language on how to define relationship, but as you go along in discussing and talking, you begin, uh, uh, pieces begin to fall in place, and uh, they're falling in place in the area of women, they're falling in place in the area of education, uh, in the area of, like, she donated uh, about 40, 48 desks uh, to iDream. You know, she she donated uh, uh, corn, uh, maize for us to plant for the whole season, things like that. And uh, there are a lot of things that we're discussing behind the scene uh, as two entities doing different, uh, 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 operating differently. And okay. I would love to, I, I actually... and I would love yeah, yeah, and I would love, uh, Jimbe, I would love to see organizations in Zambia operate that way, you know, because uh, we, we begin to sharpen itself, uh, each other in those areas. Yeah, I, actually, that was one, as I was preparing um, my notes for you and what kind of questions that I was going to ask you, that's actually one of my, my questions. But actually, what, in, uh, Pastor Sam, I'm sorry, I know we, we had prepped to ensure that we, we had a great conversation. I know um, callers are starting to send in questions, and I want to make sure we're able. I know we only have about 26 minutes left on our interview. I want to make sure mm -hmm. our, some of our callers get some of their questions off. I know um, I have a Nicholas Jackson in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, just asked, uh, how, is there any conversations? Um, I know you have some relationships, obviously, with some government officials, is there any conversations about maybe having some refugee housing across the United States? Because there might be some Zanians in need here in the United States. How are we, how can we as nonprofits that are operating out of the United States even look to help Zanians here in the United States? That is an incredible question. It is, I'll call that question a loaded, loaded question. Because I'll tell you, uh, just you answering that question, asking that question, it's kind of like it's a head spinner. Ben, where do you even start from? You know, those are, those are programs that we run away from because they are demanding. They are demanding. They demand you financially. They demand you resources. It's not like you can wake up and just start. But yeah. those are programs that, we need to have a conversation with. So the question is, how do we get started? It comes down to how do we set up and run? It is very, as complex as it sounds, it is simple to start. And it is simple as wake up in the morning and start by asking a question at a time, a question and answer, a question and answer, and then give whatever you're doing an identity. You know, give a question an identity. Identify what is it that you're trying to address. You know, it's missing. The fact that you're addressing it, there's a missing component. Trust me, right now, if I was a refugee or a Zambian, not, not, where do I go? Number, right. What number do I call for help? I have a problem. You know, they don't, we don't have a number to call. We do have associations, you know, but we don't have, uh, a number to call in relation to uh, as a refugee. 
the Mexicans it. have it. Yeah, and, yeah. You know? Yeah, and shameless plug, you know, I am sponsored by Zenus, uh, a, part, uh, a foundation that I'm a part of, an association that I'm a part of. So, actually, that question is, is, is a really big question. Like you said, it's a very loaded question. So, I would, actually, if we have Zambians listening out there, please make sure you visit thenews.org to ensure that if you need help, you have a community. That's why we're here. We're not just a radio station. We're not a, just a social association. We want to ensure that we're giving people the right resources while they're in the United States. So, Pastor Sam, Absolutely. thank you. As I, as I transition into my next question, uh, how can the Zambian community here in the United States help you achieve your goal uh, back home at the foundation? Okay, first and foremost, uh, for those who know what we are doing, um, you, 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 you've been inspired by what's happening uh, on, on our Facebook. You uh, visited our website and you've seen what's going on. Some of you, a whole lot of you, are gifted in many areas in life. You're gifted in graphic design. You are gifted in, um, you are gifted in making sure that the organization is, uh, Jumbe, you mentioned the word functioning as a business. Function, that's a keyword. How do we function as a business and what are the components? Come along and say, hey, Pastor Sam, I can assist on this side of the world in regards to Operation I Dream. This is what I can do. And then the second part uh, that you can help in a small way. You don't have to get, you know, big bites. Uh, on the other side, you know the components that we are addressing. We are addressing health, education, and agriculture. And then, you know, uh, in the area of education, um, I'm skilled in the area of computer technology, and this is what I can do. Could I help in that area, uh, you know, <clears throat> as, as me? Or I want to give money towards that component, and you have targeted restricted funds going to that. So, uh, yeah, that's how you can help on this side of uh, the United States of America with your skills, and, and then on the other side of, uh, of, of the world in Zambia, uh, you look in the area of education, health, agriculture, and then trade on things that you can bring on the paper, or you can suggest something that would be beneficial that we don't even have. Got it. Yeah. No, and, and, and thanks a lot, Pastor Sam, for that. Um, another question that, that I wanted to know is when you think of accountability with NGOs, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I know there's some challenges that we that you guys face. I walk me through some of those challenges that you're facing and accountability to ensure you're doing right by the kids because that's going to come up, right? If I'm a $50,000 yep. donor a year, I need to know where is my money going to? Are you one of those just fabricated commercials on TV? Yep. How do we hold yep. NGOs responsible and accountable for the money that we're donating, all the services that we, we want to provide? Thank you for that. That's, a, that's, a, that's an incredible question. Uh, Jimbe, one of the things oh, uh, that we tried... Sam, yeah. I would just like to make sure I give a shout-out. That was a, uh, one of our L.A. listeners, Boston. He sent that question in. So I want to make sure I what? shout out anybody sending questions in. The last question what? I just asked you, so I want to make sure. What's his name? Boston. Okay, okay. All right. So, um, What's his name? okay, so one of the things that um, 
we pride ourselves in when it comes to accountability here we say hey come to zambia and see where your money is going you know that we make it loud and clear come to zambia and see where your money is going as a matter of fact the question that we have failed to answer is how do we do so much with so little money you know uh, if somebody has a question, I, I, I'm, I'm closely understanding how we do it because the first thing that we do is how can we stretch the dollar? You know, how can we stretch the dollar to with for maximum impact? That is as a result that first, my wife, she's incredible in financial management. She's a computer person, but she's very good when it comes to money. Uh, whatever money we send to Zambia, we know exactly where every cent is going. As a matter of fact, we've always told people that if you want to see how uh, the vision of Operation I Dream, check our books of accounts. Because the way they are spelled out, you are able to see children happy, resources pouring in. You could see everything before we even tell you exactly what we do. Our books of accounts are one of our marketing tools because uh, we want that to happen just that. Um, and secondly, we have an incredible book, uh, a bookkeeper uh, who is on our account, on our business bank account, and uh, we give him uh, 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 a payout uh, uh, list. This is what's going to happen. Money out on that side. This is what has been done. And we are actively involved from this side to understand the pricing in Zambia. All right, so nobody's coming to tell us, oh, a bag of cement is at uh, uh, $70 or whatever. It's not going to happen because we have a database of uh, the, the stock of what's happening, uh, the changing pricing in Zambia. So we are actively involved in, in those areas. And we have a good software that track our funding, QuickBooks. Um, we have to have that. Mm -hmm. uh, we make sure that funds are coming in and uh, our, our spreadsheet is the way the charts of account is properly spelled out and at the end of the year, everything is tabulated the way it's supposed to be. That is the foundation of a thriving nonprofit is your books of accounts to be your fundraising tool. Wow, that's... Thank you. And uh, I think that's what's important because visually it might look good, but we want to be able to, if we're going to focus on, you know, NGOs and supporting NGOs, knowing that our resources and our money are going to a good cause. And that's why it's really important that if you were to get audited, you can provide all this information. So great answer. Oh, absolutely. And Pastor Sam and yeah. And I appreciate that. Um, I know you have the foundation there, and the foundation is growing. I think when we first met, you had a couple classrooms. Now at the foundation, there's a clinic, uh, there's a basketball court, which I can't wait uh, to go so I can play some basketball with the kids, and that's my donation to the kids. I want to spend about a week there and just try to help develop them with their mind, mentally, and athleticism. You know, I like those too, so if I could bring you yeah. know a, a good mental health program there and an athletic program there, I would really, you know, when I have the chance and opportunity to go, that's something that I'm looking forward to having. Um, and one of the questions, Pastor Sam, I wanted to ask you, because that foundation that you have in Indola is, it's a beautiful place. You know, if anybody mm -hmm. has not seen it yet, please go on 
operations at idream.com or .org, Pastor Sam. I believe boss. .com, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, boss. Please visit the site and see how beautiful the place is. Pastor Sam, what are, are some of uh, your thoughts or future plans about scaling the orphanages? I hate using the word scaling because it sounds like a business, but as far as growing, what are the plans of getting out of Indola, maybe a keeper, you know, maybe a Manta, maybe a Lusaka? What, where are we with those plans? Okay, so uh, Operation I Dream right now has the, has the capacity to open another 10 orphanages somewhere else. But, uh, wow. Wow. We, we, but we don't want to do that. You know, we don't want to do that because we believe uh, it goes back to the earlier question that you had asked is that uh, uh, there's a lot of Zambians out there who are gifted and they have the passion to uh, reach children. So meaning we don't have to open another eye dream in another town because there's already people out there with the passion just like our passion. So our wow. contribution our contribution is to find a partner in the next town, in another village, and sit down and ask the question, evaluate uh, their goal, help them structure on how to set up and run. If they indicate to us that they are grasping the vision on how to set up and to run, and then they have the discipline to go with the processes and procedures, then we'll be able to begin to help empower them to run their foundation. Because when they win, we win. You, you, you get the point? Yes. Now, absolutely. because if, I, I, if, we were to, if we were to open another, non, another thing in Kichililawombe, uh, uh, we are going to deplete in our focus. We're going to deplete in our uh, commitments. We are going to begin to watering down the vision, and we're going to be ineffective. So we would rather be strong at iDream HQ and then become a resource to the Zambians in how to run, how to set up and run nonprofit. Because Zumbe, uh, it's working for us. You know, it's working for us. So we would like to share it with other people. Yeah, and, you know, as you say that, I think to myself, as I was saying, using the word scale, um, Pastor Sam, I have actually another question in the chat from Natalie out of Indiana. Again, shameless plug, she is actually on the board of the news. She's our vice president, and she would like to know, what does it take to open an NGO in terms of qualification or expertise? You know, how do we differentiate between having money versus having passion? All right. Okay. So uh, there's this thing that goes money follows vision. I believe it. Money follows vision. Never be tempted to be following money. Never, never. I know it sounds like, huh, Pastor Sam, it's, it's, it's easier said than done. Yes, trust me. Mm -hmm. uh, be consistent and be real. Don't, don't start something just because it looks good on the piece of paper. Do something because you're convinced this is doable. Like the brother that, uh, that, that asked the question about refugees. It's in your heart, yes. but it's hard to start. So start that and then begin with one person, two people. Document a half pager, you know, explain. Bring people that can stretch your vision. Bring people that can uh, put flesh to what you are thinking. 
because you are going to wake up in the morning and uh, uh, living the dream, uh, Nasilele, that you've always dreamed of. I was watching a video a few days ago when we were planning uh, a nonprofit, our I dream, and then we were trying to raise $500 to set up a, a, a foundation for paperwork. That was a few years ago, all right? Um, but, you know, we were raising, trying to raise $500. I dream brought in $200,000. $200,000. So the question is, how did we move from trying to raise that year $500 to $200,000? They are projects that we don't even ask people to give to. They just give because we have set the foundation and we are running the foundation. It's doable, uh, Nasilele. It is doable. But you've got to have the discipline to stay with the processes and what it takes to run it. Discipline. Thank you for that, Pastor Sam. And I'm pretty sure Nessa Lily is listening right now. I actually got another question from you, for you, Pastor Sam. And this is another one coming out of L.A., Manuel Ozo, who is a resident of Zambia uh, in the United States. Um, he wanted to know, as far as, a lot of non-for-profits in Zambia. What we've noticed, and even myself, shamelessly, I would like to say that, is there's a focus with the young ladies. You know, yep. what are we doing with the young boys? Because even the last time me and you spoke um, offline, it was, well, we're teaching the girls how to do this, we're teaching the girls how to do that. I think the hmm. rise of women should not become the fall of men. And I, I thought I, I had said that to you in our conversation but as you know, me and you always have long conversations, but I wanted to make sure that as we focus on uplifting the girls, not forget the young men that are coming up. What, what are the plans for particularly the young men at your foundation to ensure that they're growing as the young ladies rise? You know, I think to bring a balance, you know, is we have to do the, uh, I, I wish it was the other way because, you know, when you, when you, when you strengthen boys uh, to run into men, we will have less women problem. You know, we will have less mm. women problem. If we were to, uh, you could see if, if these gorillas go into the village and uh, ramsack the village, they, take, they capture all the men because they know once you remove a man out of the house, the, the house began to disintegrate on its own the children begins to un be unruly and all that. You'd find that there's they, they, this aspect that we have forgotten that uh, with, and I think why we gravitate towards uh, women because they uh, kind of, uh, they, they, they look, they appear to be more vulnerable than men. And then we think men can take care of themselves. But the, the opposite is mm -hmm. that actually uh, men, men need to be reached a lot. If we take care of the men, the women will, uh, uh, not that we have to neglect that, but you would find that things begin to equalize. So, um, man, I never thought about that question. Right? I, I really never thought about that question. Maybe because we take care of all boys and girls. Uh, that's why I haven't thought about that. Got it. No, thank you. Thank you for that, Pastor Sam. Um, yeah. I have another question for you, uh, Pastor Sam. Um, one question is, 
over the years that you have been doing the foundation, and please just make sure I have the year right. How many years have you been doing the foundation? All right, it's very that that question is very hard to answer because first and foremost, um, when we just got started, uh, we're in about in two thousand and six seven. Um, uh, our emphasis that we started helping when we just moved to the United States of America. We started uh, to help and develop uh, uh, Hope Ministries in Twapia, uh, where we uh, set up the school, the clinic, 375 students, and uh, a few years later, we have uh, uh, so many things. Other partners have come in, my father and my mother-in-law taking care of that excellently well, and that became our training ground. So 2007, until we, we were more educated enough, more trained enough to launch Operation I Dream three years ago. So Operation I Dream as an entity is three years old, but we have been yes. in the running of nonprofit uh, since 2007. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much. And within that time, you know, since 2007, what would you say is, and this is, uh, we're coming to the end of our interview, Pastor Sam, so I want to make sure that we're able to cover all bases, and I know we're about seven minutes out. I'm going to give our phone number if anybody wants to call in. I really, truly appreciate all the chats that have been coming in. Some people don't want to talk on the phone, but everybody has been able to send me private messages and I'm on our live radio board. I'm getting some chat questions. So if you would like to call in and ask a question to Pastor Sam yourself, our calling number is 347-237-4270. Again, our calling number is 347-237-4270. So I just want to make sure if there's any callers that particularly wanted to talk to Pastor Sam, not through uh, questioning via chat. Please call in. Feel free. We have about six minutes left on live air. Uh, Pastor Sam, just before we mm. get off uh, off air, could you please just give your any social medias that you have that where you would like for people to reach out to you? Make sure you shout out the website and how people can reach out to you, whether it's just to learn more about the foundation, whether they want to do some donations, or most importantly, I think from our conversation today that I received is how to set up an NGO. I think you are the perfect Absolutely. person and should be our point person here in the United States uh, to be the guy for anybody that wants to set up an NGO or anybody looking to do some good work back home. I think you are a great resource within our community here in the Sacramento and the Bay Area, but actually you're a great resource for the whole United States because this is the type of things that Zambians need to know because there's some great Zambians doing some great work. And through my series this year, you're going to meet a lot of people like Pastor Sam. And Pastor Sam, I hope I have an open invite to always have you on the radio show. Or if you're doing anything Absolutely. amazing, please let me know. You're always welcome here. Um, I know we have a personal relationship, so I can just pick up the phone and say, hey, Pastor Sam, I need you on. Right but on, right on. You're also welcome here. Yeah. Right on. So yeah. just, yes. Just to close it up, right. Sam, I would like for you to just tell everybody what do you think has been your biggest accomplishment since you started the show, since you started right. your foundation. Oh, absolutely. I'm just going to go gun shot. I'm going to be all over. 
pen and pencil, it's okay. But the phone number uh, Jimbe gave you, please do not hesitate to, uh, this was one hour, we can have a three, four, five months conversation. I want, me and my wife would love to help you set up and run an NGO effectively by showing you what we have done, how we have done it, and how we have come to this position of, of doing it. Operation I Dream is the name of the organization. You can look us up uh, on, on, on Facebook or just my name, Samuel Sikapizie. And uh, as a matter of fact, when you go to my, my Facebook, you're going to see two things, our foundation and my family life. That's it. I don't post nothing. I don't do nothing. Uh, my, my, face, uh, my Facebook is incredible. It, it spells out what we do and who am I. Two things. So go like me. I want to help you. Uh, I want to hear from you and understand what your passion is. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, the most difficult part in running a nonprofit is not being disciplined. I did a nonprofit uh, uh, seminar, and I gave a set of instruction to almost uh, two, three hundred people, and uh, less than one percent did exactly uh, what we we trained. Everybody is rushing to something else. So please, uh, let's get going on that. I would want you to be a part of that. Now, I want to leave you with this one thing. Because we did it right and because we were consistent in what we are doing, uh, our strength is not looking at children. We look at a child because it helps us to narrow down what the child needs. And because we are so zoomed in what a child needs, we have seen results. As a result of that, the little boy, that we started one of the little boys that we started sponsoring some years ago uh at six years old he is now our project manager for operation i dream wow. he's a married man and he is running i dream in zambia uh one of them is an electrician wow. another one he's a teacher at our school and these are some of the results now when a donor sees that and when the donor hears that story, not only are they hearing, but they are seeing the children that we have raised and they're in the position of authority. He is now uh, mentoring other children. I don't have to convince a donor to give. All I have to say, hey, Mr. Jackson, it's 2021. Our project is we need $75,000. I'm going to need you in on this one. Code, please name the number. Tell me, Mr. Jackson. And they'll name the number. The question is whether they're going to give or not. No, they're going to give because I know them, all right? It's just a discipline on how we're going to do that. So incredible stories. Um, so offline, we can talk more. I'll take some questions. We'll have some one-on-one -on -one, uh, conversation, and then we can pick it up from there. So uh, Dan, thank we have... you so much for having me. Absolutely. So thank for you. Having you. As a guest, and I look forward to more conversations. I'll give you a call pretty soon, all right? So, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Pastor Sam. Appreciate you. Uh, just check out my handles on Twitter. It's Perry Vaughn underscore CEO. On Instagram, it's just Jembe, J U S, Jembe, J U M B E, straight out of Chipata. You know what it is. You know the vibe. Thanks a lot, <laughs> Pastor Sam. We're closing out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.